Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Disciples, DJ Nikki Snacks Crider is on the road. The Quan Cosby is on the road to NOLA. He's been all over the place. We can't even get with that guy's travels. But we have a very special guest. Uh, great media mind, fellow fan, fellow fe- we're a fan of his pod. He's a fan of our stuff. We've been through the road together. He's a fellow Texas alum. Snapback mo. I guess it's like what a media mogul at this point. It's like an <laughs> enterprise, it's like prestige worldwide, but actually effective. Uh, and the punchline pod with uh, Marlon Humphrey this season has been absolutely just a marvel to watch super kick-ass our boy Jack Settleman joining the show Jack welcome are you as excited as we are I, I know what the answer is going to but are you as excited as we are about uh, Monday it's so funny like you know we've we've both been doing this for so many years Forever. we've been on on radio row together and it's always like all right who are the Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl or you know we're talking can Texas win 10 games this season win the big 12 we've actually made it like we actually are creating content about the school that we attended and they are playing for a chance to play in a home national championship. It's unbelievable. And, you know, biasly, I also have the biggest 24 hour stretch with the Ravens potentially clinching the one seed, uh, Mm -hmm. which would greatly benefit my other podcast that uh, I do with the Ravens player. So this is actually the dream is not only to be you know in it as a fan perspective but we're in it and we get to talk about it and you finally get to talk about your own team so the research side it just naturally comes it's a lighter load because we know what's going on and we've been telling people all year that this is this texas team is different it's actually like we're actually a good football team we're not just saying it we're not just back so i am very excited for monday and i'll be down in nola so i can't wait Good, good. Boots on the ground. Uh, what kind of dumb, ridiculous bet do you have on this that's probably going to hit? You're not as good of a better as your brother, though. I want to I want to throw that out. Your brother is like hit some like some bullshit. Okay. That we're just like, dude, how is that possible? But what ridiculous we, bets do you have on this game? Or uh, we, literally, we literally got to uh, Miami yesterday uh, yeah. home from a trip. And within 30 seconds, he was on the Hard Rock app placing a 10 to win $1.2 million parlay on every touchdown score uh, for Sunday. So I'll slide that over to you just so you don't miss out on generational wealth. But no, I actually do have uh, a pretty tasty wager currently pending. So so I placed the biggest bet of my life in Tuscaloosa, 10K to win 22K. Um, I just, I mean, I don't want to say I knew, but like I kind of understood that Texas was good this year and Alabama, I thought was not going to be good. That turned out to be pretty good, but it was the right spot. And <laughs> to be honest, like Texas should have won that game by three touchdowns. They easily yeah. could have lost too. Like there was 50 seconds where, you know, the tide scored a couple touchdowns and, and they were trailing. But right after the OU game, I got on the uh, Texas to win the title. They were 18 to one. 
I put uh, a little bit of those Bama winnings on it. So I'm I'm sitting on five grand to win ninety thousand dollars on the Texas Longhorns. They're wow. down to plus two thirty now. You know, you make that expression, and the end of the season was very very sweet. But I literally placed that bet at uh, mid. I think it was mid second quarter of the Houston game and Quinn got hurt literally 20 minutes later. And so I was like, I mean, I couldn't cash out at that point because the game was live and it, you know, the odds had kind of moved and then they barely scraped by. And I was really wondering because they went up to 20 to one right after that. Cause Quinn, Quinn was hurt. We didn't know his status. And I was like, should I cash out of this? Like, this feels really dumb. Quinn probably just wants to go pro. Like a lot still has to go right. The one thing that I never considered was we needed like one upset over the last seven weeks, literally one upset. And it was a year of no chaos. Like I, I yeah. literally thought I was going insane. I thought I had nailed the shit out of Texas being really good, winning out and being a live contender. I never for a second considered that like they could have still won out. And if Georgia beats Alabama, they put FSU in over us. There's no doubt in my mind. It's easy. You take four undefeated power champs. That That is my opinion. Um, we see it right now, but, you know, Bam, Bam, yeah. Bama would not have had that win over Georgia, right, which improved Bama's stock tremendously. They weren't going to put uh, Bama in over Texas, clearly, and I think they just would have gone with the four undefeated power fives. In it that it felt like something really changed conference championship weekend after we had already won because we played before yeah, a lot of those other say. because mm -hmm. then the conversation college football media at large became a very different one in regards to our university because yeah. i mm -hmm. had the same trepidation and like josh and nick were very much like oh we are going to the playoff and i was like i never had my mind i was really? like i want i want us to but i don't know how we're going to get looked at based off of the fact that this is the first year where our roster has been all all across the board, top to bottom elite. Right. Yes. And, and so I felt like we might get the same treatment that George, that I presumed Georgia would get if they had lost, which is that they would be slotted in no matter what, because they had won two years in a row. And I know it's, you're looking at a one year microscope, but not really. Yeah. Right. Because it's the committee and they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So yeah, that, but that's Saturday. You, so you, Josh, you think even if Georgia beats Alabama and let's say they beat them by 10 points, just for sure. the sake of the hypothetical, you think Texas is jumping Florida State with one? Yeah, loss? I, I I actually was worried <clears throat> about Bama winning. Me too. I thought like I me thought it too. was like I was like what it, to me everything seemed like what have you done for me lately? And you're right, like that Bama team we didn't think was good, but we didn't like take into account it was like all the loss that they endured. They had a completely new offense. They mm -hmm. lost like a Heisman winning quarterback. <laughs> and then yeah. and, they, and they went to from like a, a pass style pass heavy offense, well, right? And, and they OC, lost in a new in a new OC. Sorry, yeah, yeah. it was about yeah, and then they lost Bob. So yeah, I can't even give him that nickname. God damn it! Sorry, <laughs> sorry to the real Bob. Uh, <laughs> but they like go to like a they they completely change everything. They really don't know who their quarterback is. Once like they bench like Milro and he comes back, their offense completely takes shape and they and they yeah. and they have a really good defense. So my worry was is if Bama beat the crap out of Georgia, Bama there was there was a world where they could jump us. I wanted Georgia to win because I wanted there to be no doubt. I wanted Bama out. Once Jordan I, Travis went down. But at down the same there, time, we were also asking for FSU to lose for two weeks. Right. 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 Like, yeah. But the narrative, I could feel the narrative. Once we beat 
Texas Tech like that. And once we beat Oklahoma State the way we beat Oklahoma State, media was talking about us because Washington had won the night before. Mm -hmm. And there was no way Michigan was going to lose to Iowa, who simply just cannot score the football for some god knows. I they have they have every tight end known to mankind, but they can't figure out how to get in the end zone. Uh it was Michigan, Washington, and us. Like we were included in that group after we had beat the crap out of Texas Tech, after we beat the crap out of Oklahoma State, the way we were winning, and that got me thinking, okay, this is the way the media is talking, the way everyone's thinking. It's how good are you playing right now? And I knew FSU at that point was done, and they proved to be done with, against Louisville. Yeah, their defense is really good. They have a bunch of pros on the team, but they weren't exciting, and they want the best four teams. They want the best three games possible. And these are the four teams, man. Oh, like these easily. easily. And like I will see – I think we'll see when we can get into the Washington game. I think we'll see like – Maybe Georgia is better than Washington. There is a world, but I think, you know, the more I look at, you know, I, and I want to know what you're most worried about, Jack. It could be the same thing as us. The more I watch Washington's tape and I got to see them up close and personal against USC, the Coliseum when they dropped 52 points against the pretty much a turnstile defense. Um, uh, Roma Dunze is just a really, really true professional football player. He's a real guy that you could take in the top 10, along with Malik Neighbors, along with Marvin Harrison Jr., and you shouldn't be mad that you're getting the third receiver in this draft class. I'm not saying it's going to be like Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and then you get C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, but Rome is like that good of a player where you're, if you're sitting there at the 10 through 13 spot and you get him, you're like, okay, I'm, I could not be happier. He's that talented of a player. And our defensive backfield, although like strong and fun, is susceptible to the pass. So I'm like getting into this. There is a bit of a worry that this Washington team is like eerily like considered so far out and like not being capable of getting there that like that's kind of a worry of me but there is a world like I mean, where Georgia realistically would you be surprised if any of the four teams that are in the playoff win the championship because i wouldn't i like no, they're no. all four good teams and that's why they didn't pick fsu right like that yeah that's that's the ultimate reason right there is because i think that we're going to win you know both neither of these two games are you know the spread is is less than five points in each right. each one of them so obviously they're close games at neutral sites, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm worried about the, our DBs. Neutral. That would, that's a good, I mean, that's a really Dude, good they point. Can't get, it's that absolutely is a, not a neutral not site. Neutral site. It's not. Like Which don't tell, our, our game, game, not a neutral site. Well, bro. Like, been better on the road. So, so maybe, <laughs> maybe we want it at True. a road or neutral. Yeah. Um, what are you most worried about? Real quick, just cause yeah. I want to close the door on the conversation because Anyone who has five thousand win ninety thousand uh, dollars pending has obviously thought of that special word hedge. So just for yeah. for everyone's don't be a uh, for don't everyone's you know what, knowledge. <laughs> um, the the head I'm riding it through on Washington, and then I would ride it. Uh, I would ride it through on Michigan. I I do not think Michigan is very good. I also do not think Alabama is that good, but. I would, I will, and I haven't decided how much I likely will hedge against Alabama only because I think we're the better team, but beating Nick Saban twice. I mean, it, you just don't want to have, you don't want to place a bet that big that some team is going to beat Nick Saban twice in one year. So yeah, uh, that's, well, here's that's what I'll hard. say to you. Here's what I'll say to you. If this was like, Joe Schmo placing the five to win 90 K like you could rationalize me like, all right, like maybe I could hedge a bit. If anybody follows you, if anybody doesn't follow you, go follow Jack. Great content. Very good across the board content. Hit you several different kinds of ways. 
I think it maybe last spring or last summer, whatever it was, I don't know. I'm not a big horse racing guy. You did go to the Kentucky Derby and it looks, I'm not, we don't have to get into the financials. Look pretty good. We'll leave it at that. It looked pretty good. So I think you can let it ride. We, we had but, some, yeah, we had, we had some big ones there. That's honestly, <laughs> because the way you have to think about it is would I bet $50,000 on Texas to beat Alabama in the national championship? Cause that's what my equity becomes at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, mage paid out handsomely at 18 to one, I don't know if I'm at a place in life where I would put, you know, 50 grand down on the long. You're, plan, long you're planning a wedding and, well, but, and, and how exactly. you deserve it. The honeymoon good, in, in yeah. Bora Bora is expensive. So she's expecting yeah. no phones, no content for two weeks, bro. You, you got to live up to the hype. Let's, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk Washington. Where I'm at is I'm really excited for the game from like a yeah. general fan standpoint. You know, I, I told people who are coming to the game with me, like, because they were like, what's it like to play in a game of this magnitude? My only real experience is, you know, Ravens Super Bowl in 2012. And I said before and after in NOLA, Bourbon Street, we will be having the time of our lives. At the game, it is the least fun thing. Like you can say, try and enjoy it. And like, that's why I've learned to try and enjoy the journey of the season and the moments. But that three hours sucks. And just... As you're sitting there watching, you're like, damn, this sucks. It sucks. So just get used to that. But as a general fan, what's so cool about this matchup to me, besides, you know, all the storylines of these teams are back and Washington, the little guy and and Penix transferring and all that stuff is the the matchups are so intriguing because you've got, you know, just a dominant defensive line in Texas against an offensive line from Washington who's been very, very good this year. You've got mismatches where the Texas secondary is the weak point and the Washington strong point is the quarterback and the receivers. And can Texas get pressure, which limits that? Can Texas stop the run, which limits the ability to throw the ball and pin their ears back? And and so, like, from a football standpoint, it's going to be a really fun game. And then you flip to the other side of the ball. And I think the one thing people aren't talking about is, like, yeah, Texas has been a running team, but with Brooks out for the past few weeks and with the way Quinn's playing against a Washington secondary that's been really bad, do they kind of flip that switch and worry less about the run and who they've been all year and attack a weakness? So I think those decisions paired with, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is going to have five to six touches to Keelan Robinson, to Sweat, to who, whoever he wants to get the ball in the hands of. And DeBoer, he's like no slouch either. He went for a fourth and one on his own 25 to, to get to this point. So I think from a football standpoint, I'm really excited. Texas is the better team. They probably have the better players, but this is like 60 minutes of football. You know, picking it just off that, I think, would, would make this too simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking about it before we hopped on, like off air, you know, that pa- the, the Patriots, you know, we were because you put on your on your page that the Ravens best team ever. I'm like, no, they have three losses. And you're like, OK, do is that New England Patriots team with one loss? Best team. I'm just catching people up. Um, And I said, no, because they had that one loss. Right. So and that one loss is to a giant team. That was a wild card team. That was a, that had to go on the road. Yeah. And anything is possible. Point being. Anything could happen in those 60 minutes. Nobody thought that Patriots team was going to lose the Super Bowl. Everyone thought that was the best team ever, but they lost. 
And and it, and they lost in a way that nobody really saw coming, like Eli Manning doing, like you know, like and David Tyree cut from the roster, like I, week. I mean, like, 80 percent of the people that were watching that Super Bowl did not know who David Tyree was. Like, maybe, 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 maybe more. Maybe ninety eight percent. Wait, did, did I think his mom was like, "Is that my son?" Like, no one even knew what was yeah. going on. At, like, you know, but like anything could really. Yeah, it's a good point because anything could happen. And we were talking with Colt um on our two shows ago and a big sentiment we were hitting is like three-star guys right you know we everyone at recruiting is like four-star five-star love it's so recruiting's become such a massive thing and it's great when you're doing well but they're like a roster you know three to four-star guys max you know but they're really coached they play well together Penix is an older statesman he's a transfer he's been around the block and he beat us last year. I know we weren't at full tilt, but they beat us last year. Like, mm-hmm. the, with the truth be told, like, this isn't the first time this, this these squads are meeting. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to, it's going to really, they, come- didn't even, they, they didn't even have Dylan Johnson in that game who transferred from Mississippi State and has been one of their, true. You like him too. I, I didn't love him, honestly. I, I, I didn't really love Dylan Johnson from what I saw, like from his like impact on the game until I got to that USC game. And I know you, again, USC, I can't say it enough. USC's defense absolutely stinks on ice, but he torched them for 200 yards. And I know our run defense is through the roof. Good. Like Tavondre sweat, like people are not putting him in the first or second round. And that's blasphemy to me. That guy is such a stalwart. Like look what the Dexter Lawrence does for the giants. Like he, he is such a stalwart of the defensive line. But like this, they could, they could really run the football. And you shouted out their offensive line. Who they got pros, and they are like a top offensive line group. Uh, who's your un? We did we did superlatives the other you know a couple of weeks ago. Who's your unsung hero for the team this season, Jack? Ooh, for the whole season? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it, it's almost like I guess the, I have to clarify with who haven't we paid our respects to? Almost like like I actually think that. Sweat finally got the recognition that he obviously deserves. Yeah. Like, like ex- everyone knows kind of the guys. Um, I, I mean, it's funny. Like Malik Muhammad came in the game and I was like, who is this kid? Like, is this kid this freaking good? Like the play he made on a ball for an interception. And then I saw this week he's getting first team snaps. Like that to me is going to be the X factor in the game. So maybe it's the guy that hasn't like been appreciated yet because he hasn't had an opportunity to, but if he actually is going to be quarterback one or two and move Watts into the third slot, like if we want to talk about neutralizing Washington's pass offense, that might be a realistic chance at actually going ahead and doing that. So I'm excited for him. And then I've been shocked and you've kind of started to see it creep in, but like Jordan Whittington, I never understood you're you're whatever you are uh, for this team like a veteran like that playing out of the slot, you should be a chain mover more often. You should be a pacifier for Quinn when he's under pressure, just getting open six, eight yards, move the ball, even in the red zone where we struggled a lot. And over the last couple of games, he started to go to wit a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think he's a guy even blocking, you know, for the run game um, that he'll never get the appreciation because X and Adonai have been so spectacular, but Jay Witt, I think like he's the guy that you look to make a play on Monday that could really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we give a lot of credit to Malik on our show. We've been on him for a bit because just because he's had to step up with Watts being out, and we love Watts too. And his brother, Jabbar Muhammad, 
is a corner on Washington and he's been pretty lights out too. So obviously like this is like the Kelsey bowl light, like in college <laughs> football, which is pretty, it's pretty exciting. But Aquan is, you know, a Jaywick guy. And I, I think it's because they're a similar type of player in the sense, maybe yeah. like, you know, like do the dirty work, do what you have to do, hit somebody if you have to win. And he, I think Whittington gets that he's clear cut third guy. Aiden Mitchell's a champion and there's no coincidence that he's playing for his third national championship in a row. Yeah. Like he, we're trying to play for it. Yeah. Uh, but like Whittington, I, I agree with you. Like seeing him worked in the, the offense more and he's always, he's always been on that cusp of like, just like, just being great. Like he's still always hovering around that mark and not breaking through. But I think for him and Sanders to really help Quinn operate the middle of the field and open things up on the outside. I think both those guys need to have big games. I mean, Jay Witt, like you just, I think of the TCU game and the tackle he made to, to, to force that fumble, right? Like, right. You're, you're a receiver. Like you don't have to make that tackle. You don't have to run that guy down, but you choose to because he's a leader and he knows how important that game is and, and the time and place of when that moment happened. And like, it's we, the three of us love talking hoops all the time. And it's like, yeah. it's, if you want to be a championship caliber NBA team, you got to know your role. You got to have guys that buy in. And I think Jay Witt is one of those guys who you could tell him he's the third receiver, Josh. And he'd be like, I, whatever. Like, I don't care. And, and Tony, because he does it. Yeah, yeah, Tony. <laughs> I love I love how much like just as an aside, I love how much Tony Allen has been mentioned in the last like year and a half by every <laughs> NBA player being like he's just a dog and he's like the hardest guy to get past. And and I love that he's getting his love right now. Yeah, great. yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, score prediction, dude. What is it? Whew. Um, I think I think the Texas the problem with predicting how many points Texas is going to score is we. Like it kind of sneaks up on you. I feel like, but I mean, remove Oklahoma State, right? Because that right. was just an onslaught from the start. But even like when someone told me we we're averaging something like 37 plus points per game through the first 10, I was kind of like, hmm, like it makes sense to me, but it doesn't feel like we're an overwhelmingly right. dominant offense because you run the ball, you run the ball, some drives stall out, but we somehow get, get there. And I think we, I think we finally unleash Quinn's the max. So I'm gonna go with 45 to Whoa. 34. I think we're gonna score a lot, a lot of points. I think it's the one thing that's not being talked about a lot, which is Texas scores a lot, and Washington does does not stop people very often. As as much as it's one game and anything could happen, and I genuinely believe that. I mean, Penix could hit a bunch of deep shots and, you know, big gash plays, and that neutralizes any game. I think that Washington is not as good as they are, I guess, even rated to be. Like, I mean, there were seven-point dogs to Oregon. I didn't believe in the whole Oregon thing, and I know they won the game. But I do put a lot of stock into how these teams are power rated to what Vegas actually thinks about these football teams. And I think the fact that Texas is a four and a half point favorite is kind of saying like Texas is actually a much better team. They will win this two out of three times. And uh, the only reason we're not putting it at six is because, you know, people will just hammer it the other way and we'll move it back to four and a half anyway. So uh, mm -hmm. I like the Longhorns to win, but don't think it's going to be stress-free like 45 34 doesn't mean it's not 34 all you know with five minutes to play so Absolutely. i think i think we're headed to houston fellas that's great and i, that, I think that's closest to utah's you were yeah, i think i i think i had us at 48 31 and i was like you're in that moment where it's 41 31 
right. and they and we get a turnover and we get a pick six or we get the ball and then we we run the ball in because we try and milk the clock and we end up scoring and then that like it could easily be 34 41 it could easily be 40 42 41 like that game can go a lot of different ways yeah. but i'm with you in thinking that it's one going over and that there is going to be too much scoring in this game which for any fan who's watching it's going to be delightful but for for texas fans especially the offense that I think we're going to demonstrate against a very vulnerable uh, Washington secondary up front, they have some, some real playmakers. And I, I, I you know, I don't want to, uh, to poo poo those guys because they're very talented and they've got some DBs, Josh, like you mentioned, Muhammad obviously is a really good player and, and some of their other guys too. But I just, I, I've been saying it all, all year, Jack, that what our offense reminds me of, of what it could be with how many playmakers we have. And this was probably, the the parallel was more um solidified when we had brooks back there but remind me a little bit of, of what san francisco does and how many different weapons they have offensively with jt being the kittle spot right with mm-hmm. with debo and and iuke being our, our worthy and and ad mitchell and then our running back obviously brooks is a stud and i think he would have been the dope walker award winner if he had stayed healthy cmc obviously the best running back in in the nfl and then purdy quinn you know, yeah. Quinn obviously traits wise is a lot more talented than Purdy is um, just as far as like, oh, NFL, NFL prospect talent. Um, but you just you got to get the guys the ball. That's all you really need to do. And they'll make the plays happen when they need to. And I, I just feel like we still haven't seen our best version of that. And what I was saying last show to these guys is we still want to show everyone that we have another level to get to. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that we do that because we're still not back yet. Like we have to. <laughs> We have to win these games. You got to win this game. Yeah. You got to win this you game. And obviously next year we have to get back to the playoff, I think, to be back, back. But sure. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, doing it once is cool, but like no one's like, you know, where's Cincinnati this year? Right. Yeah. Waste of time. I think I, I love, I love that comp. I love that comp. And the reason why I'm not fearful of that comp is because the difference between college and pro and in pro i loved the ravens against san francisco on monday night whenever that was a few days ago yeah it's it's pro football and the ravens defense was elite and was going to be could over physical or could scheme or it's what like the washington huskies defense is what it's going to be it doesn't have enough talent that it can disrupt that flow so it's up to quinn if quinn does what he's done all season when healthy then, then Texas should have zero problem scoring the football. I'll leave it at this. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because this year he's gotten the job done. My one thing that I, I'm, I will always have a question mark is about Sark in these moments. I okay. think he comes out, he scripts well, and then the adjustments. And they are going to play over-aggressive. They are going to be extremely well-coached in this football game. And we've kind of seen Sark tighten up at moments versus, you know, maybe he's made progress. But we we botched the end of game execution against Oklahoma. I know it was a weird, a really tough situation to play. We got in this weird gray area. Last year, Alabama, I thought he kicked way too many field goals uh, down by the goal line. And you're never going to win goal. Like if, if you crawl into that shell, especially in a game we think is going to be high scoring, you lose the football game. So I know how good our kicker has been this year. It's honestly been insane how Toss's boy. <laughs> how good Bert has been. Oh, good. 
Yeah. <laughs> but in the dome where you're going to trust him even more because no bad kicking conditions, do not fall back on getting three points and playing it safe. You have to score touchdowns. So I'm going to question Sark. I know he's, he's balled out in national championships for Alabama, but that's not when the pressure's on you. This is the whole country watching. You know, everyone tunes in from the Rose Bowl. It's all about Sark in Texas. And I'm just scared of that. So that's my biggest fear going into the game. Still think Texas wins and we do it uh, by double digits. Beautifully said. Uh, and we have one more question for you, but I do want to say on that Niners comp, you forgot one guy, uh, Mr. Banks, Trent Williams. We yeah. have that. We have that left tackle, baby. We do. We actually have that left yeah. tackle. Yeah. Uh, and Jack, we ask everybody this could be from you could be from anything. What is your favorite memory as a Texas Longhorn? Could be college Ooh. days, post college days. Could be a night out I mean, in six that you never wanted to reveal to anybody. It's funny, like I grew up in Baltimore. You know, I lived on the East Coast my whole life. People don't realize, like I've been a Texas fan since like Vince Young. Like I, mm. I'll give you the one. Yeah, my most memorable moment I think of when I knew I was a Texas fan was the Tostitas Bowl against Ohio State with Colt, and I was like. I probably, I mean, I would have to check, but I was probably like 14 years old, maybe a freshman in high school. And, you know, it was on super late on a school night and like everyone went to bed in my house and I watched the game on mute and it was one of the greatest games ever. I think it was the prior two point conversion, like a bunch of crazy, crazy stuff happened in that game in Texas ended up edging it out. And like, you've seen the videos probably once or twice of people like watching games where they can't clap or cheer and it's like a punishment. Like that is literally what I was watching that game. So, um, you know, I was always so sad that Colt got hurt against Alabama. Obviously he was, he was the quarterback of my, my, uh, childhood, him and Joe Flacco. So maybe Colt has, uh, maybe one more, one more little leg in him, but, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that Monday is my best longhorn memory because I think once you go through you know, what we all went through and then uh, get to experience the good of it. The pain is worth the good if the good is actually good. So hopefully Monday is the answer. Ask me in uh, 48 hours. We'll do, we'll, we'll shoot you a text if we win. Fisher <laughs> to stop with Jack Settleman. Go check out Punchline Pod. He does with Marlon Humphrey covering the Ravens. Really excellent. Obviously, Snapback Sports. If you don't follow it on Snap, are you are you like top five Snapchat? If I where are you? We right got, yeah, we got a we got a couple of people who follow us on Snap for sure. If you like sports Dick. content, come come through. Go go through. Go, you won't be disappointed. All right, Jack Settleman, thank you so much. Uh, boots on the ground, and Nola have a blast, man. And try try to stay safe on Bourbon Street after we kick some husky ass. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.